awesome. Awesome. That was awesome. You guys are awesome. No, you're awesome. No, you are awesome. Sir, you are awesome. Seriously. Awesome. 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 Everything is awesome. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kevin, and this is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, this week's guest uh, is one of those uh, great guests that they come to me, uh, and so it means I have to do very little work to actually get the show started, um, except for, uh, you know, ske- the scheduling is the hardest part when it comes to these ones, uh, which is I'm okay with, I'm okay with. Um, this week's guest is a uh, musician, a songwriter, an activist. He has, uh, you know, his his music that he has to promote. He has a uh, news channel that he does through, I uh, probably YouTube if I had to guess. Um, but he has a news channel through through social media and, and uh, new media and stuff. Uh, please welcome to the show. Uh, this one's easy, guys, because he uh, did not. Uh, I'm sure, actually, if I did uh, the what he expected me to do and a little bit of research, I'd have a last name. But because I do very little research, welcome to the show, Drew. What's going on, man? Uh, thanks for being on the show, man. It's all good, man. Um, something that uh, my audience knows, and I pr- normally I warn my guests ahead of time, and and we were got talking about something else before we we started the show off proper. But um, I'm I'm a big believer i probably false advertise this show as an interview show because i believe it's more of a conversation show gotcha um so i don't really do much research uh which benefits me in two ways i think we uh, come out with a better product at the end um it's a more natural conversation something that probably uh would happen in a bar or something if we were sharing a couple drinks and we just got to talking uh, I think that's more natural than an interview, and uh, also I don't have to do any work really, so it, it benefits me in two ways. <laughs> Definitely, way it works for me. So, um, so now I know I, and because you're on the East Coast, I like to kind of drill down a little bit more because I'm familiar with the East Coast. We're on the same time zone. I'm sure we're both a little sleepy. Whereabouts the East Coast are you from? From New York City. Um, oh, yeah. I'm pretty much here for the for the long haul, man. Born and raised? Yep. I was born in Staten Island and um, been around a bit, uh, hung around the the West Coast for a little bit. Um, but for now, um, for the foreseeable future, I'm pretty much New York bound. Well, okay. that's a, We'll start there before we get to anything else because um, I've only ever lived in like the Philly area. I, I, I always say Philadelphia. Uh, cool. Um, I don't, I've never actually lived in the city. I lived in the suburbs, but you know, it's easier to say Philly. Uh, so I've only ever lived in this area. Um, I've visited, I I've used to travel for work. So I've been up and down the entire East coast. I've been a little out West, um, as far as, you know, I think Los Angeles and Mountain View, California and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I've never lived out there. So as, uh, someone that's lived on both coasts, uh, what's, what's, what's it like? What's the, um, what do you prefer? Um, I just, I don't know if it's a preference or just being more used to New York. Um, it's definitely a different vibe out West. It's, um, it's a little slower. Um, the people are different. Um, and I guess I'm just used to New York. It's uh, New York is fast paced. Um, there's always, uh, things going on and I'm a pretty random person. So New York kind of caters to my random personality. 
Nice. Yeah. And and for me, like being, um, I, I kind of think that's also an East coast mentality too, because yeah. I know yeah. a couple people who, who now live out West. Um, and I mean, they obviously enjoy it because they're still there. Uh, they, they're there either for work or they're there for acting or, or the entertainment industry, whatever reasons. Um, but they all kind of have that same mentality of where like, it's, uh, they still, consider themselves east coast people because they right. it's just that mentality that you mentioned right uh what when you moved when you were out west what you were doing out there was it for work school combination of both a combination of work and just uh you know just chilling <laughs> you know um a lot of the work that i do is um home-based okay. so you know a lot of the and you know all the work i've done i could do it here i could do it on any coast so you know sometimes i've took off taken off to a different coast just to uh you know chill for a while and um yeah i just kind of think i'm a new york type person for now i see a move coming in the in the future but for now um new york's where it's at for me well and that's you know being uh someone that's a creative type or and that's like how you make your money if like you're like a lucky person where you can be you know a musician, a songwriter, uh, or whatever kind of creative thing that you do in the entertainment industry. It doesn't even have to be in the entertainment industry, to be honest. But if it's, if you can do something that typically that could be like home based, uh, it's a very benefit, uh, beneficial because you can make anywhere your home and still make Pretty a much. living. Um, yeah, totally. So let's, so, so your New York, uh, is where, where you're from. What's where you originate from. Uh, where does music, uh, let's start there. Where does music kind of fall in, uh, for you there? Uh, how does New York influence you? Wow. Um, well, you know, music, uh, New York influences the world actually. And, and it influences New Yorkers because I think we're kind of exposed to a lot of different kinds of music and I would say that that's probably the biggest benefit from living in New York you know when you go to different coasts and you go to the south you know there's kind of a south feel to the music or you go to um, lots of different places it kind of has a you know a style to the music in New York we're exposed to so many different types of music so you know there's a nice eclectic blend to a lot of the styles that you know i've done through the years because i'm just exposed to a lot and you know i'm definitely thankful for that and it's totally a new york thing to um you know even just eating out you can go to a moroccan place on wednesday and you know sri lankan place on thursday and it's just a smorgasbord of different styles and people and ethnicities and you know i think musically it's the same same way yeah, I, and you know it's it's kind of neat talking to someone that's from New York because I was just there uh, at the time of this recording. I was there literally about three or four days ago uh, on on Friday for um, I didn't go to New York Comic Con, but I was there during New York New York Comic Con, um, and I was there to do a live show of of this very show and and got to walk around the city for quite a bit yeah uh and it is just that how you describe it. it's like it's it's such a different experience than philly uh even and and again you know we explained i'm not a i'm not technically a philly boy but you know i can go down to the city and hang out and have a good time right and um as i th- i think as busy as philly is 
it's it's got no, I don't think anything really anywhere really has anything on New York. You know, there might be a few cities that have some of that busyness quality. Not that that's a bad thing. That's I'm not using that as a negative term, but that right. that um that activity the activityness of it of it all i guess is what i'm trying to say there's just there is something to do um walking when i was uh walking down i believe it was 44th uh uh to live right there oh okay so i i was in your neck of the woods because we went uh, so you may be familiar with the producers club uh Mm. which it's a small okay yeah so it's a small venue on like 44th and 9th wow uh, i used to live at 40th and 8th okay so you yeah you were only a couple blocks away from it uh it's this cool like so it's hey the one thing that i i loved about walking to that theater to to like kind of prep for my show was just like looking at all the other theaters i was passing on my walk and i came from penn station uh, so I, you know, I, t- I took uh, that down to to forty fourth, and then went down um, to to ninth. But like seeing all, and I'm not a theater person at all, right? And I think, but I think we're living in a time where theater is really kind of um, hitting a, a wider audience, mm. and um, like just, and I and I say this because like I'm walking down and I see like you know preview nights for, and I forget the name of the play, uh, but it has John Goodman in it. And like to be like, I'm a, I'm a kid of the nineties. Like I, I was born in 84, but I'm a, I'm a nineties kid. Yeah. And, um, like John Goodman to me, like that's Roseanne, the show Roseanne. Right. And like, I didn't even know he's on Broadway right now. You say, Oh no, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. It's just, I happened to pass it. It's a name I passed. And like, it was just wonderful walking down, you know, that one, you know, maybe two or three blocks, uh, and just seeing all the different shows happening. And it wasn't even like on Broadway. It was the off, off Broadway stuff. Oh, uh, that, that John Goodman's in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he might be, it might, the, the, the regular night might be uh regular show might be on Broadway, but like the preview night was off Broadway. Gotcha. But it was just, it was just in general, not just his show, just seeing all the different shows and like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm in my 30s now, and I and I can I have more respect for for art. But um, I don't know. Just seeing all that art and culture and and whatnot in um in that f- the few blocks that I walked of New York on Friday, it was just it was it was something that you don't get to see in Philadelphia. Um, and it was just it's really neat. I lo- I do. Uh, I don't know if I could handle New York City uh, <laughs> on a daily basis and it's live there. Lot. It's definitely it's. it's- Definitely a lot. And like, you know, some people are either New York or they're just not, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's definitely a place that I would say that I could visit. And I'm glad here's why I love Philly. And, and it's it's a silly reason. But Philly to me is within two hours, give or take uh, tra- with traffic of anywhere that I would really want to go. That's of like really cool interest. The shore, yeah. D.C., um, uh, uh, and New York City, you know, it, it's I can get to New York on a train. I got there in an hour and a half. Wow. So, like, it's it's I can experience New York without having a lot of imi- uh, intimidation. You know, well, I have a, a brother. I'm pretty familiar with Philly. My brother lives in in Yaden. Okay, and that's pretty much right next to Philly. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not. That must be on the other side of Philly because that doesn't sound familiar. Uh, in my neck of the woods i'm like 
So when I like I'm a, when I say I'm from Philly, it's probably more accurate to say I'm from Trenton because I can spit on Trenton from uh, where okay. I live. Oh. Yeah, so I live on like the Jersey Pensy Coast uh, or border sure. rather. Um, but so so what kind of you know what what music what drove you to music as a as a kid or or when when did you get into it? Maybe it wasn't even as a kid. Um yeah no nah, it was it was a I was a kid. <laughs> um, I did music. Um, you know, single digits. I was uh, doing it in my church first. Okay. Um, you know, where I was just uh, making some songs. I was a little shy, and I started to uh, do songs for for the church. And um, the pastor's wife kind of, um, you know, discovered the fact that I liked music, and she let me do it every third Sunday. So every third Sunday, I, I um, performed music wrote songs and you know that was pretty much the start of me doing music on a regular basis i used to write songs to perform them in church and just write songs just to write songs and then from there i just you know just kept at it it was just kind of what i did um didn't really rate myself or you know do it for an applause or anything it just kind of always did it just naturally second nature and, um, you know, did more things as I got older, got involved in uh, certain, you know, productions. I did a, a musical book tape and uh, other things and just kind of kept at it, kept performing right into adulthood. Now, when when did uh, you know that's what you wanted to do, like for a living or... or um, you know? yeah you see that's 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 the tricky thing i mean it's it's like i i didn't really equate it to doing anything for a living it's just what i did okay one of those things that um you know there was a time where i kind of tried to think that way and just kind of you know tried to make it some kind of career but it was never really that for me it's just what i did what i wanted to do it's what i loved and then you know I got to a point where I tried to make it make sense, literally <laughs> make money. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that and working as, um, you know, doing jingles and writing songs for commercials. And then, um, you know, uh, I eventually did some records with uh, yeah, house music labels. And then uh, from there, I'm actually just getting back to, you know, doing it for the love and doing it, you know, um you know, it's nice to generate income, and I've found ways to generate income making music, um, working with marketing companies, and that's been awesome. And, you know, releasing music with house labels, and that's also been awesome. But um, I just think it's something I'm always <laughs> going to be doing, and it's mm-hmm. it's great, you know, to make money, um, you know, to do music as well. But that was never the primary goal, but it's great to do both. You know, that's um, I, I, that's something that I think can resonate with a lot of people of, of whatever they're passionate about. Like, for instance, you know, you, the story you just kind of told there reminds me of the nine years I've been doing podcasting. And, and wow. you know, I, I, there was a time that I started I, start, I started to be, you know, about passion of um i guess entertaining at first uh because yeah. i didn't discover that it was about the conversation until i started this show 
but um at some point it turned into like okay well let's find a way to get sponsors and right. make money and like do live shows and sell tickets and like it turned into a, like like how can i make money off of this because this is what i want to do to make money and um i would i would say that i've had you know probably if i've been podcasting for nine years i've easily had at least nine shows that i've been a part of yeah. if not more um and you know to varying degrees of success and um you know this one uh while it's not like it's 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 popular enough to where i keep doing it obviously but it's not uh i've had more popular shows especially when i did live streaming and stuff right. uh you pull in a whole new audience that way uh but when i shifted gears to not think about like let's make money from this show and i shifted gears to like what kind of show do I want to do? What do I enjoy doing? And that's just kind of having interesting conversations with people. Right. Um, and, and I, you know, same thing now that I, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't imagine a world where I don't do a podcast, no matter that's how it. many people are listening to it, no matter if I'm making money or not. I feel like as long as I have guys like you, uh, or anyone that's just got a conversation or wants to sit down and talk, um, I'm going to keep doing it because it's, it's that passion. It's that love of, for me, right. uh, talking. I think that's the best, man. I think that's, um, you know, like I said, it's cool to make money, but it's cool to, um, you know, like what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have a new love for podcasting since I've come to it from that approach of like, I'm about just doing it for, for fun slash like, uh, almost I, that's almost incorrect too because it's almost like i'm not doing it necessarily for fun i'm doing it because i, I it's like it's in me i have to um right. yeah so it's so yeah i i relate to to you know you on that level is it's just it's um it's a passionate thing and i think that's you know it's great if anyone can find that passion that they have and find a way to make money out of it but i think it's you know that shouldn't be your primary goal because i think you lose sight of what you're trying to do if you make right. that your primary goal. Totally. Um, so now you, de now I know you have, um, I, I kind of wonder, well, let's talk about songwriting just briefly. You, you kind of talked about it as well. And it sounds like, um, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like maybe your love of music start, like also is when you started writing your own songs. Like, it sounds like they right. kind of were hand in hand with one another yeah um it's it's weird it's like it's just something that i did and it's um <laughs> uh i i can remember the first song and songs that i wrote don't know why i did it um and i i think i would say that that's my biggest strength as a okay. musician is is the songwriting and making songs i think there's a song in my head and it doesn't matter if i sing it doesn't matter if you sing it it's just like i i, I hear that song and i just always liked to write songs and you know i performed them before i even knew what i was doing <laughs> it's like and um you know i just uh, i don't know what you call that passion or or it is what it is uh yeah i think that's great um i uh i i i, I equate to that as well like at, you know from you know i i uh i found out in my probably mid to late 20s so not that long ago that like i have this kind of other passion 
and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with with doing this the show because you know it's a it's a conversation, but that's also storytelling. But I have this you know passion that I want to like sit down and write you know a script and f- film a movie and and I, and I've written before and I, but I don't think I would ever call myself a writer uh, yeah. or or filmmaker or anything because you know I've I've directed little small projects and I've I've written for small projects. But I think for me, it's um, storytelling. Like it's, I yeah. just have like that's a gen- nice general term I like, and and like sometimes I'll jot notes down, and someone else takes it, and and you know they they roll with it for the you know to to create their own story and and whatnot. Um, if somebody takes it. Well, no, no, no. Like I hand it to like they'll say, "Hey, I have this idea for this," and I'll say, "Well, here's what I would do," and I just like five bullet points of, gotcha. of like here's a strong story yet from these five bullets points, like for short stories and whatnot. So, gotcha. um, and yeah, no, it's just, um, I, it's, it's funny because, um, a lot of like, there's, um, I've talked to probably mainly podcasters on this show. Uh, but I also talk to musicians because for me, again, it's about the, it's about the conversation, not necessarily the subjects. And, and honestly, like, I, I, you know, I'm not, i'm not like a big music person like i grew up as on like comedy but even more so like radio like talk radio is what i grew up on so i mean it helps explain my love of of talking and podcasting and um so but i i do love like i have a buddy who hosts a podcast that's that's a lot like this except it's very philly music oriented so like you know all his guests tend to be philly based all his guests tend to be yeah you know music based but I love sitting down and listening to it because I just love absorbing new information. And same thing when I when I talk to someone that's out of my realm of like comfort, which is, you know, podcast. I don't even want to say that because it's not necessarily that. But when I, I know podcasting, so it's like talking shop. But when I get to talk to a musician or, or, you know, a writer or anything like that, like it's kind of more so out of my realm of of uh, comfort. So like it's just I love soaking in that new information um and and learning the process and it's always like i i always like seeing how it equates and and normally nine times out of ten like i'll talk to you know like a guy like you and it sounds like we basically have a kind of a similar story in in, in our passions it's just that our passions are different right man it's it's very a lot of the arts are very similar you know and uh you know and what i found you know like-minded is you know just doing it because you want to do it yes yes that's that's what that mindset i you know obviously we've talked about it uh, uh, for a few minutes here um and it's come up before on this show um and that's you know i would say if, if there's a theme to everything is awesome it's uh, usually storytelling and be passionate about what you're doing. Like they're like the two things that come up all the time. And I feel like the people that come on the show and talk about something that they're actually passionate about versus something they're trying to do to make a buck. Right. It's, it's the conversations, a very different, uh, you know, it's, I enjoy it more. I enjoy participating in it more. And, and um, it's also, it's just, it's more, much more honest, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, before we, uh, before we let you go, uh, cause it is getting, uh, as a couple of East coast boys, I know it's getting a little late. Um, yeah. but, uh, you did, I know you, you, um, you, you, you made sure that to make a note that like, Hey, I have this news thing that I really want to talk about. And, um, I'll, t- I'll be honest, uh, you know, when we had, um, 
when I had uh, someone take a look at it uh, while I was working on something else, just to kind of give me like the synopsis, like they they forgot to to see that you were an actual musician too, and um, they, they were they like. Knew. No, no, like they, so I have, like, I have a guy that helps me look at my, uh, my, the page that you contacted me on. Right. And, um, like, usually he knows that, like, when we get into the newsy stuff, uh, and we get a little, everything is awesome, doesn't touch on serious topics all the time. Right. So he's like, I don't, I don't think you're going to want to do this because there's like, it's a news station and whatnot. I was like, I was like, did, did you read it? Because when I glanced at it, I saw something about, you know, he's a musician um and so let's i want to get into your your news channel and um i don't i don't i don't know if it's like a if it's like a serious news channel or is it like satire or uh and what brought you to start doing that from the world of music um well it's it's all of the above and like um you know i'm a lot of i do a lot of different things i'm a writer as well mm-hmm. um and uh you know while I was doing music, there was different ways I was making money. And one of the ways I used to make money was as a freelance writer for different, you know, magazines and in, in periodicals. And one of my outlets was doing blogs and from blogs went to vlogs. And, uh, you know, I started a, uh, you know, a news channel and, um, became another one of my outlets i you know it's compensated yeah but at first it wasn't and it was just you know one of the things i wanted to do because i liked to do it i like to write and you know the passion to write has morphed into making blogs and vlogs and it's an outlet for um talking about things that you know a lot of people don't usually like to talk about or don't usually think about because um you know i don't know where do you where you want to take the direction of conversation but like you know from where i view things as a writer a lot of people you know sit in front of the tv and don't actually think about issues Mm -hmm. don't research things don't you know fact check and don't really know what's going on if you sit and trust the television you're living in an alternate reality and you know i i come from you know, a group of people who like, you know, we keep each other on our toes and we actually do real journalism and you'll be so surprised what you know and what you don't know. You know, if you, if you just, you know, sit and trust the mainstream news, mainstream media and don't actually do any research, you you trust, especially this day and age, and you trust the news that you hear on the TV there's nine times out of ten you haven't a clue what is going on in the world and you know it's exciting to have an outlet where i'm discussing things with people that do um and people all over the world you know comparing notes comparing files comparing documents and evidence and just really having an international conversation about real facts real evidence and you know it's kind of cool and so with that channel that's kind of what i do and it has a little bit of uh you know these type of things they develop little cult audiences and cult followings of people who actually appreciate um you know real journalism or if even if you don't agree just the perspective you know the you know that challenged that challenges the status quo that's um 
I, I like the sound of it. And, and I'll tell you what, because I'm not a newsy person. Like, as I said, like, I probably, and I, it makes me as be a terrible adult. Like, I'm, an, I'm a grown adult with children. I should probably be more on top of, like, current events and stuff. But honestly, like, I'm... I'm such a kid that, like, to me, I I'd rather read about what's going on with Luke Cage and <laughs> Daredevil than, than what's going on in the real world. Like, that's not like I'm not a really good adult uh, at all. Um, but uh, and I, but I think part of it is that like I'd rather the reason I turn to to pop culturey comic book nerdiness type stuff or just whatever entertains me. I'm a comic nerd, by the way. Okay, well, we may have just expanded our conversation beyond a half hour, so. Uh, but so, so before we get to that, um, you know, I, I, uh, I think I turned to that because, like, it's just a. I'd rather be entertained to see, like, what mainstream news has to offer, simply because. And I just, interestingly enough, I, I had a conversation with someone the other day talking about, um, they were they live in uh UK. And like talking about like, you know, world peace and how the news like they, they all you hear on the news is negative, 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 because that's kind of what sells. Right. Um, and, and whatnot. And like really like when you're watching for me and again, this is coming from someone who does not watch news often at all. But like if I'm sitting around watching Fox News or even NBC Ooh. News or something like, yeah, I don't when I, I'm just using that because I know Fox News is the worst example right. <laughs> of a news outlet. But even like NBC or ABC, like the like local news stations uh, like that. Like, it's just like, you know, f- for the most part, like, unless they're talking sports, like, I really don't want to watch it because it's, it's A, going to be negative, B, it's going to, I don't know how much is true, how much is not. It's uh, compared to something like BBC, maybe, which I always like, when I see BBC news, I tend to think, all right, well, that's going to be a little bit more right. trusting than what I see over on Fox News. Well, the, the way I see it. And, you know, I have a lot of people in my life who are in journalism and I don't want to, you know, insult them. But, you know, it's really it's a job that's a little different. I would say a lot of your local news is just real news because it's just stuff that's going on, you know, a train wreck or whatever. But when you get to the national level, Mm. I would say a huge, huge percentage of it is all garbage fiction Mm. um, and what six corporations want you to believe. And they character assassinate people um, and they, you know, they stage events. You know, it's just like in every generation they have agendas and it's not really about informing you about what's going on. Because why would a government want to tell you anything? (laughs) It's like, why do you why do they need you to know? They program and they put on TV what they want you to see. And people need to, like, you know, awaken to that reality that the news is not a tool for our um, information, you know, for the betterment of mankind. It's co- it's owned by corporations, and they put on there what they want you to see, what they want to show you, what they want you to think. And that's pretty much all it is. Like I said, the local news is local news. It's real. It, it is. It's just what's going on in the way in you know your town, your city, or whatever have you. On a national on a national level, corporations discuss, edit, and program your news. Now, do you uh, think that the national news has always been like that, or do you think there's been a there was a time in our history where the national news could have been trusted? 
Uh, it's always been like that, but less severe. It's been less severe. Um, um, I think we've taken, you know, we've surpassed Nazi Germany at this point. But I would say in the, in this country, um, in the 1950s, 1960s, news was always about programming people, but it was less severe. In news, Walter Conkright, uh, journalists could be trusted a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Now they straight up lie to you and read scripts. And, you know, there's a, a, a subculture that is actually admitting that to you. Like, listen, um, there's a lot of people who are going to blogs and, you know, starting YouTube channels and telling you, listen, I came from journalism. This is all crap. <laughs> it's just like, and, you know, I'm part of that culture that, you know, exposes these things. But, um, yeah, um, people don't really know how news works. Like in Nazi Germany, Germany, you know, you can look back in times of history and make fun of different types of people. Like, yeah, those people were really propagandized and like, you know, they blew things up and made the people think that the enemy did it so they can go to war and all that. Well, all that stuff is happening right now. You just don't know it. And, you know, like I said, things were less severe in yesteryear in the 40s, 50s, 60s. But um, things are terrible now. We're in, we're being propagandized more than people really really it would really disturb people to realize how much of the news is complete fiction i'll tell you what because i'm not a huge news person but you i think you sold me on uh checking out your your news channel uh, uh to get the um to get the you know the unbiased the the truth news like i, I was, even if it's something i watched one time i think you sold me on checking it out because um i i every now and then i do want to know what's going on in the world and uh and and it's like for instance today uh i was looking at i know i was scrolling through something and something popped up about uh world war three is a, is a foot or something yeah and just reading that led me to three other articles that it was the same thing except it was a different country yeah. that was proclaiming it and and it's and it's just a, it's an interesting i mean that right there shows you that Okay, what well, what news source is is the truth? Uh, you know, is any of it true or whatever? So, um, that's uh, before we move on to some of this more silliness stuff that that I now I want to get into, knowing that you're a comic book fan. Uh, let's get some of your plugs out of the way in case I don't think we'll forget, but just in case before we get a little silly, where can people find you? Where can people find um your your music side and your news side? Um, the music side. Just, you know, search Drew Hepkins, D-R-U Hepkins. You can find whatever is out there is there somewhere. Um, the news side, you search Drew Story News, D-R-U Story News, and you'll find whatever is out there. And uh, we'll be sure to post um, the links in our show notes, of course, uh, so that you can easily find it uh, instead of having to actually search it. Um, but in case you're uh, somewhere where you can't sh- see the show notes, um, just search it. I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, so, okay. I want to, so I, I'm glad you brought up that you're, you're a comic book fan. Now, absolutely. Ha- are you like old school, really like hardcore into comic books? Or are you like, uh, more of like the more of like a pop culture, f- uh, fan and like into just like the general stuff that we get today in, in like um, media, maybe a little bit of both. Um, okay. 
but I, I'm I'm pretty hardcore. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really into. There's a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know how deep you are into like the new school comics with, um, you know, there's a lot of like anime and all that stuff. Uh, so I I would say that as much as I call myself like a comic book nerd, I think I I'm like. I fall into that that um, ladder category that I explained, and that's like I do. I, I I've read comic books, especially as a kid and stuff, but I would probably know more about like the modern day comic book nerdy things, which is not necessarily comic books. Right. It's the comic book culture of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC right. stuff, and um, that's kind of where I am. But like. Uh, because of my past in comic books like i i know like for instance luke cage isn't a name that is just like who to me like that's a name that i recognize from my past um now i may not know much i I may not know much more about about him than that but um yeah so that's where i kind of fall like i I was um, I don't even know what I read as a kid to be honest. Uh, you know, it was, it was probably some Spider-Man, but honestly, like from what I remember when I was a kid, I remember getting like, you, I, like if you go to I, I don't know if they're up in New York, but there's this place called Ollie's around here. It's basically uh-huh. a retail, like it's basically a Walmart, but like not. It's kind of like, more like Big Lots actually. Um, it's a lot like a Big Lots uh, where it's just like cheap retail. But Ollie's sell, has this aisle of books that are like five dollars and under books, and they yeah. have maybe like um, packages of ten random comic books for five bucks. That is the kind of comic books I read as a kid, where I would just get random assortments of comic books for I don't know how. So like, I'd have some um, old school Spider Man. I'd have some old, and when I say old school, at the time it probably wasn't so old school. It was nineties right. Spider Man, um, Simpsons comics, Scooby Doo comics. It was just all this random stuff that I would end up reading. Now, I'm pretty specific. I, I love my Marvel and my DC. Well, and that's how I am now. Um, uh, so did you like? So when you read comic, have you been reading comics since you were a kid? Yeah, I've been reading comics since I was a kid, and. Uh, you know, I backed up off it for a little bit, but then um, they just came back really hard and like really strong, and I just kind of rode that wave again. I um, for me, I don't even know. Like again, going back to like, I don't know where what I read and when I read it. I just remember at some point I fell out of it because um, because I, I was always like as a kid, I was a fan of the '90s Spider-Man cartoon, the X-Men cartoon, yeah, Batman, Superman, the animated series and stuff like that. So I think even back then it was more so like the mainstream stuff I was like that I knew about, and I just because people knew I liked that, they got me random comic books. Yeah. But as an adult, um, so about ten years ago when that original Civil War storyline came out for Marvel, yeah. That's what brought that and The Walking Dead brought me back into the world of comics. And for a while, like I was I was buying comic books every week and it got, you know, it was, I was up to the point of spending like 30 to 40 dollars a week on comics. So like I backed away from comics again because I couldn't afford it anymore. Like I was <laughs> like, I can't keep dropping my money on this. Um, so uh, were you were you reading around the Civil War time? Ten years yeah, ago, yeah, I was. Um, I'm a little bit of a like uh, a comic historian. I, I, I take it back. I, I've even collected a little bit, and okay. you know, like uh, like I'm I'm a nerd like that, and I I read old comics, 
and um, their their first issues, and I, I took it very deep. Yeah. Um, you know, my my guys were. I guess I leaned towards Marvel. Yeah. And um, you know, your Spider Man, uh, Secret Wars. Um, that was so good. You know, and uh, just seeing it all in uh, you know cinematic form is just like. It was very easy for me to just ride, just yeah. ride that wave. What did you think of um, before we get to some of the Netflix stuff? What, what did you think of Captain America: Civil War? Uh, what did I think of uh, Captain America: Civil War? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Only thing is that, you know, in order to, um, you know, kind of put Cap captain america on a pedestal you know some kind of pedestal which is cool i understand what they're doing mm-hmm. but i i think they kind of they kind of shortchange in iron man um mm-hmm. i think that you know in a true face-off iron man obliterates captain america mm-hmm. i mean there's no way i mean <laughs> iron man fights like you know into you know intergalactic threats <laughs> yeah. you know um captain captain america is a super soldier yeah um i just thought that you know they kind of leveled him out a little bit um mm. but i liked it i really did i um see so it was interesting when when that when that movie when they announced that movie like my my heart like like it it took an extra beat when they they announced it because uh you know it was that was the comic book that brought me back like it's the it is the only uh like cross major crossover event uh from marvel or or dc really that i read damn well near everything that had to do with civil war um like you know from the like the pre like they did a, uh, i think they did road to civil war yeah i read that i read i i even would either buy the single issues of like fantastic four or anyone that really only had like a single issue or two uh that dealt with it like i even bought some of those just to to read almost everything with the civil war so like and and 10 years ago i said and 10 years ago i think we lived in a world where um we had spider-man we had x-men right i i think maybe iron man had come out yeah, uh, yeah he, he was he was there but but you know so so we it was just the very beginning of the idea of this cinematic universe and so when i was reading this these um these, these civil war comics and, and i loved it so much 10 years ago i was like how fucking awesome would it be if they did this like if they yeah. did this as a movie and when they announced it like everyone when when the force awakens trailer came out and i was that i was that person too like everyone's yeah. heart drops hearing the 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 original score playing with the millennium falcon yeah. flying in the trailer everyone's heart you know sank drops whatever i was the same way but i even more so when they they announced it and i started seeing the trailers for civil war like i was i was just so hardcore into it like that for me that was like my star wars moment because it was something i had been waiting for quite literally for 10 years wow uh and i will say this like i th- i don't think i enjoyed the movie so so luckily i didn't build it up too much Which that's, one? civil that, war civil war yeah 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 i enjoyed civil war i thought it was a, i thought it was a good movie um i still think winter soldier is the better captain america movie hello hello uh, oh can you hear me yeah i can hear you okay um I think Winter Soldier is the better Captain America movie. Yeah, 
Um, but I, Civil War is definitely probably the best Avengers movie we've had. Uh, I like the uh, is it the first? I think I like the first Avengers. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm getting confused now, but I think I like the first Avengers. And either way, um, it's just in general, Marvel is just leaving DC in the dust. I oh think. my god! Yeah, it's um, I, and, and and I haven't seen. And the only thing I've seen from the new like DC quote unquote universe that they're doing is Man of Steel, and and that was such like a, uh, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Nah. Um, and and I am going to sit down and watch Batman versus Superman one day. I am going to I'll go out and get the DVD because I do want to. I I am a huge Ben Affleck fan, so I do want to see his take on on Batman. I've heard it's wonderful. It's probably one of the one of the best things from that movie. Um, I, was, I was never sold as him, and I respect him, and and I'm not hating on him. Just yeah, I just never saw him as Batman. Um, uh, I don't think I saw him as Batman until they said it, and I was like, you know what? I think I'd buy it. Um, you know, Batman is a, he's a lot of things. He's a, he's a mixture of a lot of things. He's a mixture of you know brawn and darkness and intelligence, mm-hmm. and with Ben Affleck. Like I know, you know, he's a smart guy, but he doesn't, you know, on screen he doesn't say genius to me. Uh, yeah, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, but you know, I, 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 I really don't, I don't know because I haven't seen it, so I haven't seen his take yet. Um, and also like the Suicide Squad, I was like, I was going to go see it, and like because I didn't go on opening day, and everyone yeah. I talked to said. Eh, it was it was what it was. Yeah. I'm like, I guess I'll wait till it's on DVD or something if no one's really sold on it. Yeah, um, I, I so, saw it. And how was it? Like without spoiling it? Oh, you didn't see it yet. No, um, it was it was good. It gets um, it gets a B minus. Okay, okay, that that's that's good for me. That's good. I, I and I think that because everyone's kind of or everyone that I've talked to has like downplayed it. They're like, eh, it was what it was. Yeah. Um, I think th- when I eventually do see it, I will be able to like appreciate it that much more because my expectation, because before the movie was released, my expectations was Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh really? Uh, well, that's how like everyone was saying this is DC's Guardians of the Galaxy. Like this is gonna be what this is gonna do it for him. Um and it didn't. Like it did not do it for him. Uh from right, what so I hear. Around, around the Joker. Um mm-hmm. you know, that might be the thing. I don't want to tell you too much if you didn't say it. But uh Yeah, I, I've heard some things that, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we, let, let's go on to some of the Marvel stuff because I don't want to really spoil it. I, I you know, it's um I want DC's I want DC's Marvel or DC's cinematic universe. I want it to succeed because I just I think the more the merrier in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but, um so are you have you been watching are you a fan of the networks uh the Netflix series? Yes, I am. I um, got, have you have you uh finished Luke Cage yet? Yep, I finished the whole thing. Um oh, I I'm an episode and a half from fin- I'm probably going to finish it tonight. What do you think uh, so far? Oh my god, it was so good. I think it's I think it was I think it was great. It's so good. I I still think um it, it probably ranks see they're all so good. It's hard to rank all the Netflix series. Right. Um I, I still think Daredevil season one is probably the best thing that they've done in the Netflix world. I, but yeah. that's not talking down on anything else. Like it's it's just so hard to pick one. I think that um 
and I was actually talking to a friend about this, um, and she thinks, and I would have to agree, that the fighting in Daredevil was badass. Mm-hmm. The fight scenes were yes. just like, they actually outdid Luke Cage with the fighting scenes. Yes. Um, but as far as just, you know, captivating me or just into the story, I think Luke Cage just grabbed me. I could, yeah, you know what? I I could I could uh, be sold on that theory, on that on that on that mindset. Um, I uh, I th- I think what what makes me like Luke Cage so much is that I wasn't expecting it to like I I knew it was going to be good based off of what we've seen from Netflix Marvel so far. Right. Um. But and and even like um after watching four episodes, I was like, I don't know. Are they gonna? How are they gonna keep me? like into this character because I, I was after four episodes it's like i love it i'm loving what i'm seeing right but essentially he's superman so like how are they going to make it so that you know he he has like a Horrible. threat against him right and and um i don't i mean I, I guess spoilers for anyone that hasn't watched uh luke cage yet but and maybe there's more in the last episode and a half that I haven't seen. But the Judas bullet is kind of what does it. The alien right. tech from for the first Avengers uh, is what finally kind of like knocks Luke down a peg or two. Right. And um, like I don't know, it's just it is. I'll tell you what, it is probably. I'm trying to think. I don't think any of the other shows gave me uh, you know Daredevil one or two and and Jessica Jones. I don't think those three had a moment where where it almost got me to tear up and and it's kind of an easy thing to do at 32 now like i cry pretty easily but um those shows didn't get me to that point luke cage i uh with with the episode where again spoilers people i mean if you haven't watched luke cage at this point you can just tune out from this podcast because i don't think we're gonna get to anything else except for maybe another round of plugs for drew here but um I, I, I with the episode I forget the episode number, but when pops when pops killed, oh uh, yeah, uh, and there's that scene of Luke just sitting there with the swear jar and like a tear rolls down. I, I don't maybe it's, maybe maybe that's not, there's a scene where a tear rolls down his face. I thought it was what? that scene. It's around that it's around that episode though, and like it gets me. Like I'm like I I did not full on cry, right. but I definitely like. That that feeling you get when you're about to cry, like in yeah. your chest, I got that. Yeah, I, I it this the series definitely grabbed me more than I thought that it would as well. And um, I have to say it, it was just well done. And like I said, Marvel is just leaving DC behind right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the one thing that I you know DC excels at um, when we're out of the Netflix world is television. I think that DC's CW line yeah. is, I love it. I think it's great. I think it, I, I enjoy it. I now I'm also, I stopped watching agents of shield last year, halfway through yeah. just because yeah. I kind of ran out of time to watch it. So, so I'm going to go back and watch it, especially since ghost Riders there, this season, the season I, I watched but, arrow and I watched uh Supergirl, and I, I just, I wasn't pulled in. Like I was pulled in with daredevil. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a world of difference. Like the Netflix shows, far superior. I will, yeah. but when I take them out of the equation, uh, because quite honestly, like I only get them for maybe if I'm lucky, or and or unlucky, I get them for maybe a week because 
I bin- I usually binge them within two to seven days. Right. Um. So because of the way we we take in uh, television now, uh, which I I I don't think I could. I don't know how those Netflix Marvel shows would fare week to week. I don't know if I would like them as much. Right, I right. think I like them so much because I can binge them. Right. Uh, right. But at the same token, that's why I love the flash so much because it is, it's a show that I don't mind waiting for. And right. I think I need to wait for it to appreciate that show so much. Um, and I watched the flash a little bit. Like I said, um, I I'm, I'm watching, you know, at obligation, I'm just jumping back, but I wasn't pulled into that one either. Oh, uh, see the flash is the one that like, I started watching the arrow, like maybe two seasons in or something. Yeah. Um, and like I binge watched season one and I was really into it. Um, but the flash that captivated me. And for, I don't know why I, I, it's just really, really captivated me. Um, it might be because like it's, it has, they incorporate that time travel aspect, which I'm a huge fan of. Right. Um, again, and I, I, I don't, I don't talk about the flash in the same league as the Netflix shows because I don't think it is. Right. Um, but like the flash for me on regular television uh, is probably one of my favorite shows. Like it's, I don't know right. what it is. It's just, I, I, it, it connects with me on some level. I don't know what it is. I just, I love it so much. Like it's, I, I will like, I'm, I, I haven't watched flash tonight uh, yet. No. I don't, I usually watch it the next day. So I'll tell you that much is that the Netflix shows get priority over the CW shows. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, who's um out of uh, you know, we you can include the cinematic universe as well if you want but um the who's your favorite villain for marvel you know the marvel cinematic universe slash netflix stuff wow the the my favorite villain yeah i feel like this is a tough question because like sometimes the villains aren't great yeah <laughs> um damn wow i never really thought of a, a favorite villain um can I give you my two while, yeah. while you think about it? Yeah. Um, so for the, it was um, honestly the first villain that I said, uh, wow, this is like a superb villain. Like, I can't believe how good this villain is, is uh purple man from Jessica Jones. Oh, so I didn't even watch Jessica, Jessica. Jones. Oh, uh, if you like, if you like Luke, I mean, I don't, I think if you'll still like Luke Cage more, but Jessica Jones is good too. Yeah. Um, but and honestly, I think Jessica Jones is good because of the Purple Man. I, David Tennant's performance as the Purple Man is just outstanding. Um, I got to check this out now. Yeah, I, I I think I mean, and plus, I mean, you get Luke Cage in it. Obviously, he's not in there a lot, but um, like his inclusion in it, it does help make the show, you know, more than it is. Um, and um but yeah the purple man i mean that that performance i think it, it, you know um i still think you'll probably like luke cage more but i think you'll really love david tennant's performance as the purple man i i, I honestly the only reason i said like the only reason i put baron zemo on that list now and i don't know if i put him ahead of him but the reason i put baron zemo on the list he's the first movie bad guy right. that i was that i cared about like they they made him like somebody that I can relate to. Like <clears throat> watching civil war. I said, well, I kind of get it. Like 
I, I, I think I would have done the, like, th- there's a chance I would have done what he did if right. what happened to me or what happened to him happened to me because, uh, you know, it's just, it was such a, com- and, and, and I don't know, there was just something about it that like a lot of people that I talk to don't agree with me at all. But for me, uh, Baron Zemo is like probably him and Purple Man are like right up there as like the top two Marvel villains. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta really check out the Jessica Jones series. Um, I mean, unlike the all the others, I didn't even watch it, so I can't even tell you tell you if I think it's good or bad. So, I, I got. I is, gotta, is there a um, is there a reason you skipped out on Jessica Jones? Um, it didn't grab me. See, I know Arrow, I know Flash, I know Supergirl, I know Blue Cage, I know Daredevil, and. Um, I know of Jessica Jones, but I was never really a fan of her comics or followed her. So I would have just been watching her just because I'm a comic fan. But yeah. I I didn't really grow up with her story or anything, so nothing pulled me into her her uh, series. So I'll tell you what I I think I think you'll love it. I think I think you'll enjoy. It. If you're a fan of Daredevil season one and two and Luke Cage, um, I don't I don't think that you would hate it at all i i think you would really enjoy it. and i and i honestly i think david Tennant's um performance is is worth the price of admission alone wow yeah i guess i'm gonna check it out um, yeah, i mean if, if you have some time to kill binge that i think you'll i think you'll enjoy it um okay uh we've we've gone well beyond i i promised you i'd have you out of here in a half hour right, right. <laughs> and, and we've gone about a little maybe a little under an hour when it's all said and done and produced. right yeah, <laughs> excuse me that time. but um yeah uh thank you for being on the show drew uh, i really enjoyed talking to you yeah, um my pleasure, man. and i'm uh well i'll do this after we end the show but um one more time, give your plugs out so that uh, anyone that's stuck through the comic talk can uh, be reminded of where to find you. Sure, man. You can find me at, I guess you can find me at drewhepkins.com. That's D-R-U-H-E-P-K-I-N-S.com. Or if you want, um, you know, the news stuff, the serious stuff, um, Drew Story News, or you can find it at drewstorynews.com. Again, Drew is D-R-U. Very cool. And uh, on that note, uh, again, thank you, Drew. I really enjoyed having you on the show. It was a lot of fun talking with you. Uh, My pleasure, man. For Everything is Awesome, I am Kev, and we've been talking right here only on awesomepodcast.com. We've been awesome.